He has his own podcast. What is it, y'all? Get my shit together. Welcome to the Getting My Act Together podcast. Welcome. Good evening. Good morning. Wherever this finds you, welcome to the Getting My Act Together podcast. Did you notice that that introduction was a little different, a little bespoke, if you will? Hey, welcome to Getting My Act Together podcast or whatever. I hope you're doing well. I hope your week's off to a great start. None of that shit today, okay? It's just, what's up? How's it going? How's it hanging? <laughs> That's the angle of your dangle. Come on, boys. Anyway, welcome to the Getting My Act Together podcast. It's Tuesday, April 11, 2023. And tonight's Limerick Comedy. So if you're in Chicago, put your fingers in your goddamn sausage-encrusted ears. Take your pierogies and your old style out to, the, to Lake Michigan. Listen to some shitty overrated rock and roll and... Uh, Actually, there's lots of good rock and roll that comes out of Chicago, and I love that city, a city of my, the city of my birth. I just, you know, there is a song called I Hate Chicago by Laura Jane Grace. There's a a song called Chicago Seemed Pretty Tired Last Night by The Hold Steady. There's a song called Jesus Just Left, Jesus Just Left Chicago, right? by ZZ Top, and anyway, who, who cares? The point is this. You know a lot of people do not, in Chicago, do not like when I talk about limerick comedy, and I'm going to do that right now. I'm going to do that very quickly and tell you that uh, I'm going to be back at limerick comedy tonight for the first time in two weeks. Nikki Allcaps Murphy held it down last week and did an amazing job. People were raving about it. People had a great time. The show was packed. Hopefully we'll have the same thing tomorrow or tonight, as it were. I'm recording this late Monday night. Hopefully, uh, and we have a, a, at least one person, yeah, one person making their debut on Limerick, and it's Marek Cheronet, and I'm thrilled about that. And he's going to be on the show, Gus Horn, a global comic who is from Brazil and went to college in Illinois, lives in fucking Vienna, and I don't know where Gus is these days, but he's a Limerick favorite. He's going to be on. Speaking of Limerick favorite, Damon Oakley is going to be on the show. Uh, Angel Contreras is back after only a few weeks' absence because she just ripped last time. I'm like, why do you not do this show more? Which is um, really me asking myself that question. Khalil White is going to be on, and then closing it out is Felicia Gillespie, who I believe is from Pittsburgh, now lives in New York, but is in Atlanta for a bit. And I'm thrilled that Felicia's in town closing out the show. So the exciting things, all those people I like. Myrag Charanet is making his Limerick debut. Come along, support him, say hello, and I'll be back. Telling, uh, telling a little joke. A joke or two. If you want uh, to keep in mind, mark your calendar. Sunday, April 23rd. Uh, I'm my colleague in comedy, my colleague in arms, Nick Murphy, my partner in crime on What's Your Problem?, accurately described what's your problem as the show of the future on his social media and 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 that is that's spot on so that's the next what's your problem april 23rd sunday laughing skull lounge 5 p.m that's it for the plugs that's it that's it here we are i'm back in atlanta you can you can hear that i still am a bit under the weather um but uh, apparently mending enough to have a lovely glass of red, <laughs> which I'm doing right now. There used to be a time where I'd get sick or under the weather, and I wouldn't have wine. Now I'm of an age where it's like, you know, what do I care? It's usually my bad influence wife saying, you're already sick. <laughs> Just a little, little red this evening as I chat with you and catch you up on all things in my life. Back in Atlanta, uh, I, I came back to, I, I'm not going to dwell on these things. I just feel like for the, occasionally there's a big event in, in, in the media, in the world. It's not in the media, it's a big event in the world, and I need to memorialize just where we are in the podcast life. So for people who listen to this episode in two years, they'll be like, oh shit, 
that happened. That podcast was right, was it right after the latest school shooting in which nine-year-olds were killed in Nashville, Tennessee? Well, actually, did he get that one in before then the bank shooting in Louisville that killed five people who were just going to work on a Monday morning? Well, where, where do we fit in the, the, the time capsule? Who knows what it'll be like in, in five years, 10 years, 20 years when you listen to this. Maybe there's a mass shooting every five seconds. I don't, I don't know. It seems like we're headed that way in the United States of America. I just want to mark that this one, uh, it was last week that the school in, uh, outside of Nashville or in Nashville, Tennessee, uh, had a mass shooting that killed uh, an untold, meaning I didn't store the number in my head because it's, it's too complex and too great. But uh, at least three children, uh, about the age of nine, by the way, were fucking in second, third grade, whatever they were doing, and were murdered by a gunman in the United States of America. And also this morning, today, in uh, Louisville, Kentucky, were some people who were just going to work, trying to put food on the table, support their families, were killed in the pursuit of that. Okay, that's it. Just want to market for, uh, you know, where we are. I know it's also, I came back to find out that there's a big, when I go out of town, I like to just soak up where I am, so I soak up the Fort Lauderdale-ness, and I dig into the uh, Port of the Everglades and that sort of thing. I don't focus too much on uh, what I'm missing. I try to be in the moment. I don't think about like all the current events in the United States of America. Like Apparently, uh, Bud Light is causing people to go crazy. And Kid Rock, ball with the ball, the bang, the dang, diggy, 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 shiggy, dump, jump, the boogie, bang, bang. I know I kind of fucked it up, but name another Kid Rock song, can I? Because I want to be a cowboy, baby. Yeah, I guess I can. And then a duet with Sheryl Crow. Kid Rock, somebody I had no quarrel with. You know when ball with the ball, the bang, the dang, the, my name is Kid but it's like people say about celebrities, just stick to playing rap rock and jumping around the stage with Joe C. May he rest in power. It's probably 20 years since Joe C. was laid to rest. I liked Kid Rock just fine. I didn't until he started talking like so many other famous people assail other famous people. Just stick to fucking ball with the ball, the bang, the dang, diggy. I'm going to start an escort service for all the right reasons. That's why, That's exactly why you should start an escort service, kid. But now I come back from Florida and you're, well, I hear you're machine gunning Bud Light cans. <laughs> come on, man. Aren't you over the age of 40? or How old are you? How old are you, kid? Don't call yourself kid anymore, I guess. Kid Rock. And apparently a lot of other people are pissed off at Bud Light and are boycotting Bud Light because, you, as you notice, you, you follow this shit much more closely than I do. Um, and I don't say that as a, a slight. It's you just like, you, I don't need to update you about Kid Rock and Bud Light. Bud Light is the latest company to find itself in the middle of a culture war. You might say it went looking for a scrum or it wanted to put its values. I don't, I don't know what the fuck they were doing. Uh, or what their intention was, but they, oh my gosh, they had a, a spokesperson or a brand affiliation with somebody who's trans, and it just it just was too much for some people like Kid Rock to take. And so they, Kid Rock, see, I almost use they to refer to Kid, when I really should use he, lowercase, a little, a little kid. Gives a shit what Bud Light does, but I get it. If you hate trans people and Bud Light, or the idea of transness, I get it. I get why you're crazy and you want to, you know, shoot up cans. I think it's a little bit out of step. I know it's out of step with the way the majority of the country feels, but in an increasingly minority-dominated, and I mean by minority perspective, in controlling state houses, gerrymandering, the fucking Supreme Court throwing people out of Tennessee legislature. You know what I'm saying? I. What are you doing, kid? Everybody should have boycotted Bud Light. 
forever because it's awful, first and foremost. You know where I stand on trans issues. You know where I stand socially. Where I also stand is Bud Light is one of the worst things I've ever had to drink. You know what I mean? It's not good at all. So maybe, and and this is, you know what this is, maybe I'm extending an olive branch to Kid Rock thinking, you know, he doesn't really have an issue with trans people. He doesn't have an issue with, what an American spirit. Aren't you the fucking rebel from Michigan who just wants to live your life? Fuck the world. Well, what do you think trans people want to do, dude? Except they have it more, more, what's the right word? More challenging than you or I might because they feel they were born into a vessel that does not fully support them being their fucking selves. Can you imagine that? Of course you can. Because you're born in Michigan, but you think you're from Tennessee. All right? And I know Michigan's plenty redneck. Anyway, God, that's that's what's dominating the headlines. That's almost like, you know what, dare I say, the media coverage that I attend to has given greater attention to Kid Rock's war with Bud Light. And I guess Jack Daniels is in it now, too. This is... <laughs> what... I want to, I, I, I don't know. I feel like trying to understand what that will be. Like who would, I mean, just don't think about it when you're drinking it. Just don't think about guys blowing each other. If that makes you uncomfortable and you think that Bud Light supports guys blowing each other, and then no, that's not what trans, uh, the trans experience is, certainly of this trans influencer, um, but whatever, if, if that, you know, Schmidt's gay or whatever the uh, SNL skit was, if that threatens you and, and makes you feel ill, uh, you know, don't, don't think about it. There are lots of Democrats who enjoy the NFL who don't think about the owners of those teams and what they do. There are lots of people who... Uh, probably don't align with Elon Musk's politics and they still drive Teslas because they think, well, you know what? Tesla's probably better for the environment even if I'm giving my money to this, you know, scion of a South African mining kingpin who is extremely, uh, you know, right-wing in his ideology. They don't think about that. They just think I'm doing better for the environment. And then it's, a, it's not a black and white world. It's complex, right? So they're going to buy their Tesla and like, eh, fuck Musk, whatever. But they're going to know that they're doing something. They have a snazzy car and that it's allegedly better for the environment. So they're going to do that. So instead of thinking about a trans influencer being embraced by Jack Daniels or Bud Light, why don't you put it out of your head? have a few more drinks, and fucking get wrecked and not care about it. I don't think about, like, who owns the bank that I... I have a bank account with Chase Bank. Do I think that they're just, like, you know, walking down the street handing out... Uh, handing out what? <laughs> I know what they're handing out. They're handing out debt to people. You know what I mean? Like, just put it on your head. I, I have... Do I know who owns the people who made my car... Or the uh, the wine that I'm drinking tonight. That could be some French lunatic for all I know. It is French. I want to be very clear. It was made in France. So there. I should boycott all of France because, you know what I mean? Like, I get it. I get it. It's something that drives you crazy. I also think woke is pretty dumb way of describing things if you're opposed to it. I mean, because... It, who gives a shit? I mean, we all give a shit. I care, obviously, because I'm talking about it, but you're not pulling me down into the debate, okay? To say that, remember when Trump used to attack like PC culture and say nobody can say anything? He's like the most powerful guy in the world. You can say whatever the fuck you want, and you do. Hats off to you, by the way, for doing that. It's just insane, this world in which we live. The shit that this country will divide itself over everything. <laughs> Maybe that's why MTG says 
we're headed for a national divorce. Fine, let us, we'll stay in the cities, and uh, the comics, we'll go to the middle of America, we'll go to the middle of the country, we'll drink whatever white power beer you want, and talk shit with you, uh, and then maybe have a shot of Jack Daniels or Jameson. I don't know, is Jameson Catholic or Protestant, Bushmills and all this? Come on, man. Come on. Come on, they. Let's just... Let's chill out a little bit. Anyway, that's what everybody's wrapped around the axle about fucking Kid Rock. and It does seem like guns are a big thing, but... You should have boycotted Bud Light a long fucking time ago. It's awful. Also, grow up, dude. Nobody over the age of like 24 should drink Bud Light unless you go to Auburn. And can you be those things over 24 and go to Auburn? Of course you can. It's Auburn. <laughs> anyway, I uh, hope you've been well. I didn't, the last time I spoke with you, I was, I was laid up. I felt like crap. I just still, as you can tell, don't feel 100%. Here's where I was. Remember, I was during that late checkout, and I don't like putting those 15-minute podcasts up, but I really was weak of, of will. I didn't have a lot of energy. Here's how, and you know when, you're, when you have a bad cold or you feel sick, how you're, you have no strength and you feel really weak and exhausted. And When I finished recording the podcast in the hotel room, on Friday, I or Thursday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, on Friday, right? Friday. I finished recording that 15-minute podcast. Thank you for letting me do that and letting me off the hook a little bit. Oh, shit, that reminds me. I, have to, I, have a, I better focus up here. I, I have a couple of things I want to talk about. And uh, I got a letter from LNC, so I should uh, – uh, it's not a letter. It's an email. I should focus up here. But um, I finished recording that 15-whatever-it-was-minute podcast, went, de- checked out of the room, took all the stuff down, gave it to the Bell people, the Bellmen, Bellmen. They were all Bellmen that day. At least they appeared to be. Gave them the stuff for the... F- we were going to leave the hotel a few hours later, enjoy the pool, have a late flight back to Atlanta, meaning leave, leave Fort Lauderdale at like 6.45, get into Atlanta right around 8-ish, 8.15, and be back at home by, you know, 9.30, 9, 9.30, something like that. So anyway, here's how beat I was. I took the stuff down to the Bell people, gave them the bags, we'll come back and get these, and then I went to the pool uh, to find my wife and daughter. And I found them, and they were, like, looking around for... uh, chairs they were looking they were looking and now rich people who listen to this podcast will be like well don't you can't you go to some resorts and just say to the the uh, attendant can you please get us two or three chairs and they just make it happen and they find you beach chairs in the middle of a sea of people uh, that you wouldn't have ever seen on your own and they set up your towels and they give you umbrellas and they make it very nice other people who do not roll like that will also understand there are some hotels with big uh, poolside beach setups where you fend for yourself. <laughs> and this was, I told you, it wasn't the, it was a nice place, but it wasn't like the most swanky. So, you know, everyone has to, people line up at like 7.30 in the morning to stake their claim and throw towels and books down on their chaise lounges. Well, we didn't get down there until the middle of the day. My wife and daughter are looking around for stray chairs. I see them. Are you going to get to the goddamn point? The point is, here's how beat I was. We found, uh, like, no chairs. And by the way, there was a new influx of New Jersey people on, on that Friday. Found no new chairs. No big deal. So I said, well, why don't you two go in the pool, and I'll just put the shit over here on this little concrete uh, island with a little patch of grass next to like a um, an overhead light like a little small piece of outdoor what would you call it 
landscape architecture, I suppose. And I took our bag and a towel, two towels and maybe my wife's sundress, made a pillow of the sundress and put my head back on her bag and laid down on my back, put the towel over my face and in the middle of this chaotic cacophonous and like I said New Jersey Pennsylvania people right northern New York these are loud ugly grotesque <laughs> I'm just kidding but it's just like a very uh, it's it's a, a festive atmosphere to say at the least and people yelling screaming throwing the ball and this and that and having a great time at the pool I was in this in the middle of like the the roundabout essentially was such a high trafficked area that I put my head down on the back of it. The noise just sort of dissipated to the right and the left as if I were listening to noise canceling headphones, and I fell asleep in the middle of like one thirty p.m. or two p.m. or whatever it was in eighty five degree heat, covered up. You know, I, I had whatever towels over me, I guess, and sunscreen on and hat, so I would not. Uh, I would not pinkin, and it was that level of oh my god, I'm I'm sick, where I just like fell asleep in the middle of the day outside in the middle of this racket. It was like I lo- I probably looked like Weekend at Bernie's. That movie probably was even out before my sweet spot of watching movies. Um, so I yeah I slept for like forty five minutes or an hour just out there, and. Uh, Anyway, that's how beat I was. We then were able to take showers in the pool area, locker room type things, uh, get our, because we had our change of clothes ready to go. So we all took showers independently, my wife and daughter in the ladies' room, me in the men's room, and got dressed, go to the airport, Sorry, got dressed to go to the airport, got bags from the bell guy, uh, no cash to tip. I said, hey, do you have Venmo? And he goes, right here, I got it for you. Tipped him for getting our bags, got in the Uber, which coincidentally was a Tesla. And I know I don't think it was Uber fancy or anything like that, but the Uber was a Tesla to the Fort Lauderdale airport, which was a very nice ride. And we listened to, the driver liked to listen to Nelly, and that's what we did. Nelly with uh, Nelly, we listened to Nelly. We listened to the Ti. It's like that era of like music twenty years ago. Ti with Justin Timberlake, Nelly. We had a nice ride on the way over, and got to the airport. Went through security. Fort Lauderdale Airport is a breeze. My goodness, is it nice and convenient, easy. It's like a small, it's like a small big city kind of airport where they it looks like it's going to be a big airport but inside it's pretty easy getting through security we went and sat down by the gate and noticed that our flight had been delayed by 10 minutes no worries at all so it's going to leave at whatever 6:45 p.m. and then you can see it's starting to queue up by the gate, more and more people in the line to talk to the gate agents before the flight. Uh, but that's behind us. It's out of our interest. We're hanging out with the girl. We're walking around, just coming back, checking in, doing whatever. The girl's watching Peppa Pig, so she was just kind of sitting there while my wife and I were, were talking. Also, she refers to Peppa Pig's, I don't know if you know Peppa Pig, you may not, um, but she refers to Peppa Pig. She thinks she's Peppa Pig. Because when the dad will come on, she'll always like hit me and go, Dad, look what you did. It's so crazy. You jumped into the hot air balloon. And and uh, anyway, also one more cute note for my daughter. She doesn't know what a penny is because she's never seen one. I don't roll like that, dude. She's seen nickels and dimes, but never a penny. And she doesn't know what a newspaper is. So we're doing some activity book on Sunday. And she kept referring to a penny. She didn't know what it was. She said, it, uh, "She said, is it a quarter or something like that?" And then she started calling it a penny. 
which is kind of satanic, which is kind of metal. Anyway, there was kind of a buildup by the gate. But the commotion was beyond us. I didn't really know what was happening until all of a sudden on the uh, airport PA do we hear uh, code code 5 to gate D6, code 5. Code 5 two times to D6. And, you know, I'm an observer. I'm not going to stick my nose in where it doesn't belong, but I'm just kind of curious what that means. And sure enough, I poked my head around and saw... There was a kind of a loud talking at the gate. And all of a sudden there were two burly looking, incredibly over-armed, over-militarized in their get-up, ridiculous law enforcement people. What would, and overweight, too, I should add. Or do I need to add? When I say airport law enforcement, you know they're overweight, right? And you know what? Good for them. They don't have to be in shape. Because they have fucking guns. And it's, the bullet does not have, you know, uh, a resting heart rate, I don't think. As a matter of fact, it arrests heart rates. So, two security, whatever you call them, two, who knows, marshals, FDLE, airport, port, you know that the law enforcement possibilities are endless in this country. For such a fucking lawless, violent place. Why doesn't somebody stop something? Instead of our rights. Okay. So, there was a commotion. And what had happened, I didn't realize, is that our flight was being further delayed and delayed, like, indefinitely. And one guy, who was the most loud and sort of being uh, escorted away from the commotion by a male Delta gate agent, sort of really put it in perspective. He succinctly said, I appreciate that, man. You're not the problem. It's your coworker. She's laughing around like this is a game and we're missing flights and we have connections and shit we've paid for. And the gate, the Delta One Delta dude was like trying to be understanding and also please don't knock my head off. But it was really true. He's like, I just want, I just want your fucking girl over there to act like this is bullshit. Because it is bullshit to them. They don't fucking care. I mean, they care that they're in the soup. But Delta, you know, Delta wants us to go. They don't want the plane to sit there. But they're not empathizing, right? They care, but they're not empathizing. You can do both those things. And the guy made a good point. Like, just tell me what's happening and deal with it. But don't give me all this laughter-making jokes and stuff. Anyway, the two cops were there. I don't know what happened because immediately after the cops got there, was it announced uh, via text message from Delta, never in the airport. Delta must not have a big presence there because it was not up to their usual (laughs) fuckery of standards. Um, They never announced that the flight was canceled in the airport. (laughs) They did ultimately on the board, but we found out because we got texted by Delta. And as soon as that happened, you can see it's it's like an amber alert that people actually pay attention to because it involves their own outcomes. It's not like an amber alert where people just ignore it. <sighs> anyway, so as soon as that happens, we start rebooking and for the morning. So we're gonna have to and, and looking at hotels and stuff like that. So my uh, my wife and I and daughter went to the Sky Club the Delta Sky Club, where my wife used to belong, but she just knew, I never have, she just knew that there would be a gate agent there, an agent there to help her. So my daughter and I kind of get up and screw around with Peppa Pig and say, I don't know what's going on with the flight. We're going to see mom's going to run into the Delta area and get some help. Well, even though I told you after Delta screwed over my flight when I wanted to have two drinks after I got upgraded and first class, whenever that was, was that last fall, for goodness sakes? When was that? It was last fall when I went out to San Diego for um, a woman who's very dear to my family's passing. And Delta told me that they'd upgraded me. Remember? I got an upgrade. What kind of meal do you want? And I was going to sit and I was going to have three, two and a half probably drinks and watch Maverick Top Gun in first class and buzzed. 
It never happened because the next day Delta revoked the upgrade. And I pledged to this day, I pledged that day and forever on that I will, every time I'm on a Delta plane, I will take out the, um, that hard laminated, here's what to do in event of emergency or an evacuation. So I do that. I still do that. Um, but here's what Delta did this time, probably because my wife, who used to have incredible status with the airline, went in there and she, here's what she got. Or you could say Delta gave it to her. My, my daughter already is a silver medallion flyer. And she's like, Delta gave me this. I'm like, Delta didn't give you shit, okay? You earned that. I didn't talk to her like that either. I'm not Kid Rock. <laughs> I didn't, he's, Kid Rock's like, I don't fly commercial, dude. I fly private. Salute to you, sir. Delta provided, how about, Delta provided us with a room at a nearby hotel. Was it a nice hotel? Not really. If you were a woman checking into it late at night, would you be sketched out? Absolutely. I confirmed that with my wife. And there were also two other single women. There were two single women in the same shuttle to that air, that airport hotel. But you know what? It was fine. It was sketchy, but it was fine. And uh, so they got us that room. They provided us a lift, L-Y-F-T, to and from the the hotel. I waved off the first one because I found out the hotel just had a shuttle and I just figured that would be easier than trying to coordinate with a Lyft driver. I'm not sure that it was. Delta got us the room, provided us the room, provided us transportation to and from, and then check this out. Delta gave us $180 in food coupons, food vouchers for the airport. They're only usable in the airport and they weren't usable at the Hudson News stand so you couldn't like buy a bunch of magazines and stuff like that. But we could go crazy at this sushi place. So what we did is we got all that. But my, my wife went into uh, Delta. We got flights for the next morning at 9 a.m. at the, what is Sky Club. Got flights for Saturday morning at 9 a.m., we got a hotel, we got transportation, and we got $180 worth of airport food, which seems like a lot. But I guess they're thinking three people, uh, what is that, $30 a person per day. 30, 60, 90, yeah, that's what it is. And you know what, now that I think about it, it's not all that much because a person eating for one day in an airport could easily exceed $30. They probably didn't know that we had a four-year-old with us, so... As soon as my wife comes out of there, she's like, I got all this stuff. Delta provided it for us. We, instead of racing out of the airport, because it's, you know, it's the airport and then the hotel. That's pretty much all there is. Do we post up at a sushi place in the airport and have a grand old time of it? My daughter has sushi. We have sushi. Wine. My wife had wine. I was still a little banged up. I don't think I had wine. I did when we get to the hotel, though, because you know why? I was better that night. <laughs> and... We took the airport shuttle over there, checked in, took showers. Girl was out in a matter of minutes. It was She was kind of uh, intrigued by the latest uh, or her first flight cancellation. It was canceled because of uh, crew issues, they said. And uh, that was that. They canceled because of crew issues. And then we got home Saturday. It was almost disorienting. We get home Saturday at like 11.30. And then, uh, you know, just about, it's just about time for me time. Get home, eat on uh, Saturday. We have lunch. And then we go to me time. And we all slept for like an hour and a half. I slept for an hour and a half like that out of sickness, I think. My daughter slept for like two hours because of, uh, travel and craziness and all that and then my wife just from being a hero and enduring it all slept well so hey no there's not a lot of up and down in that story not a lot of dynamics if you will not a lot of but it was it's, it's how we got home and then Saturday night I went and did the roast had a great time 
on Big Luke's roast battle, Tamar, Ruben, and I had a lovely roast battle at the end. And I love that woman even more because she did a roast the right way. She went at me. She didn't, she didn't like, it was, it was mean and it was, it was true and it was terrific. And we, we had a really fun time and it was great. I, I was thrilled by it. We were the main event, like I said, so they made it seem like a really big deal. And uh, tomorrow and I had a blast. We, you know, there's, for people, and for people earlier in the lineup, you could tell some didn't know how a roast worked. Like, should it be all racist? Should it be not racist? Do I go halfway? Should it be too mean? And should it be too personal, like bitter? And that's not that's not a good roast. Good roast isn't bitter. It's uh, it's fun and it's true, and it's mean. Absolutely, it's meant to it's meant to have people laugh at the shit you're saying about this other person on stage. Um, we had, a, we had a great time. It was really fun. And there were a couple other comics I'd never seen before, one of whom had a really great joke uh, about another guy. Uh, and what was interesting is Luke Bentley, who did the roast, kind of the roast master, he did a really nice job of talking to the audience and almost like walking them through it. Because I've told you before, audiences of all political persuasion are fucking pussies. I told you that about Ella J. <laughs> gotta stop saying that word pussy but it's you know it's pretty you know what i'm saying uh so like he like you'd hear a good joke from someone and you know the crowd would groan or the crowd wouldn't quite get it and luke did a really nice job of not making them feel bad about that making them feel like i would i'd call them a bunch of pussies and flip them off but uh, he did a nice job of letting them know it's okay that's how a roast works and and they slowly Got more and more into the show, which was great. It was really fun. I highly recommend it. Excuse me, anytime you're in Atlanta for that. <laughs> if you're visiting from Chicago or Fort Lauderdale and you see Big Luke's Roast Battle, go check that out on Edgewood. Very fun time. Also, it was the first time I'd ever been to Dynamic El Dorado. So whoever runs that, uh, shout out to you for uh, supporting local comedy and making that a cool little room for people to do their things. Uh, who won? I guess so that that was that's what I want. Well, it depends. You know, you ask the host. The host would say I won. Then you know they, the, the female sold me out. Lissandra said I thought tomorrow won. Like fuck you because I roasted her quite well. Uh, and then they put it to the crowd, and tomorrow's going to beat me in that every time because I'm not as likable, and I'm an old man, so I get it. I'm not. I'm not upset, but you got her. But anyway, it was it was fun. We had a really good time. We had a big hug afterward, and um, or maybe multiple hugs. It was fun. So uh, yeah, shout out to tomorrow for, for you got to you got to go for it, and she went for it, and say what's true, say what's mean, and say what's funny. And you're going to have a good success in the row. So yeah, we, we did that. Um, and then Easter was, uh, let me just read LNC's uh, email since I teased it earlier. I don't want to mention it and then not get to it. Uh, but Easter was, was great. We got up at early. <laughs> we got up before the Easter bunny and we were the Easter bunny and put the eggs out in the front yard, and the girl was hyped. So it was, it was a good time. Where is Ellen's email? It's in my... All right, here we go. Ready? Begin. Oh, I need to send that man. So she sends... This is six days ago. She said, wow, so thrilled. The subject is Reginald is not dead. And I, uh, I had no idea what, what she's talking about. She said, wow, so thrilled to hear from 15 underscore versus underscore 15. And that he graced us with his presence. All right, he's just a man, Ellen. <laughs> she said, man, this guy is incredible. We really do not deserve 15. Again, he's a man. I'm fond of him. <laughs> and I know you're probably expressing a bit of hyperbole. She said, he has a deep, profound character of the podcast. No doubt. 
15, he ain't heavy, he's my brother. The name of the new listener is something that us white folks would go on and on about, pondering for weeks what to call him. I hope you're not referring to me as a white person. I take offense to that. And yet to 15, it just rolls off the tongue. Wait a minute. Has it, has it been established that 15 is non-white? Or are you just presuming this? I'm sorry, 15 and anyone else who's following along. I don't think I've ever thought of 15's race. And frankly, Ellen, I haven't thought about yours, but I, I know you're white. Uh, has Please tell me, has 15 made clear that he's non-white? Or you can just tell because he's fucking cooler than the rest of us. Uh, and yet to 15, it just rolls. She says, white people ponder for weeks what to call this person. Um, Chi-town saved me. What a, what a, and 15, like, yeah, I came to like, that's brilliant. The name of the new listener is something we would go on and on about. Yet to 15, it just rolls off the tongue. I think he caused us all to stop and take pause right where we were. That's certainly what I did, and you could hear that when I was talking about it. It came to his mind instantly, and, and so it was written, so it shall be. I'm fully convinced Nostradamus consults 15 for what the next future event is going to be. Have you been drinking, Ellen? I hope so, because this podcast, people like to drink to it. Um, 15 was, what does it say, 15? Oh, consults Nostradamus. Nostradamus consults 15 for what the next future event is going to be. Listen, when I say have you been drinking, I hope you have, and I hope that you're uh, comfortable in your skin while you're doing it. And also to remind you, 15 is just a man, black man or, or non-white man or not, right? He's just a man. <laughs> anyway, she says, uh, anyway, if I may so humbly suggest some names for the former Chicagoan, does he now reside in Atlanta? No, I don't think so. That I came up with before I heard the profound 15, she calls. Okay, so here, these are suggestions that LNC made for the listener in Chicago who's not in Chicago anymore. Um, downtown or uptown, okay. Chai, a mix of chai town and chai tea, which you drink to help you relax, relax, relaxation, self-help or self-care. Uh, okay. Shy guy, but that may sound too girly. <laughs> That's a woman saying that, ladies. Uh, H-M-H-Y, pronounced Hemi which stands for help me help you, which is essentially what you ask of us listeners of the podcast. We help you as you help us. Help me help you. Help me help you, which is, all right, which is what I'm, what I'm trying to process here. I essentially ask you listeners of the podcast, uh, I say help me help you. I know I say, let's go. Help me. I don't think I can help you. But I'm glad. I'm, anyway, I, I don't want to split hairs here. What I'm saying is I, I realize the self-help stuff that I say that I would almost there in, in that moment said the self-help shit that I say is born of a place of uh, trying to impart some stuff that I know and speak my truth. But I, I don't. By no means do I think that people are coming to me for help. But you know what? Fuck it. Please do. So, okay. Hemi. I like that one. Shy dog mixing Chicago and the Georgia dogs. But white people calling each other dog. Is that appropriating black culture? Uh, totally. It is. Um, but uh, also, I can't do anything related to Georgia football. I, 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 I just, you know. Dr. Feelgood or... Tony, as in Tony Robbins. Oh, right, as an allusion to the self-help. She said, these are just a few I came up with on my drive into work that morning. Sometimes I'm able to catch the whole podcast on my way in. Ellen, by the way, thank you so much for listening and investing yourself in this. It really means a lot to me, and I'm sure other listeners, as I've talked to you about uh, Shy Town Save Me 15 underscore, they refer to you and they like hearing from you and hearing your perspective and your journey. So thank you for doing that. 
I just want to call that out. Sometimes I'm able to catch the whole podcast on my way in. Well, yeah, especially if I do 16-minute ones. But don't worry about cutting it short on my late-night commute home. I use that time to catch up on older podcasts. I have... Fuck yes. Thank you. I have started over again and I'm right around the boo at the zoo time. I don't remember that one. I do. I do remember that one now that I think about it. Boo at the zoo. That's when those lunatics said that they had medical exemptions to not wear masks. Just so they could pick a fight with like some 15-year-old volunteer worker. Yeah, I feel like that one... I feel like the better ones, the better podcasts, and I don't know, you're the listener, are when I talk about stuff that I really care about. If I'm just like meandering through some fucking story about Delta canceling our flight, I don't really care about that. What I do care about is Delta revoking my first class upgrade. (laughs) Or people being dicks to other people for no reason just because they have tiny little miserable lives and they're picking fights at the... uh, at the zoo. So yeah, check out Boo at the Zoo. I think that one might have been a good one because I'm conjuring up, you know, I did care about that. Everything is more interesting in conversation or monologue if you care about it. Comics, I've said it before. If you write a joke that has a perspective it's and your take on it, your feeling, it's so much better than just uh, an observation. With respect all due respect to the great observational comics out there that people really like. Uh, Not just here's an observation, but here's why that thing is stupid or here's why that thing is misunderstood, right? Like you might think shooting a Bud Light can with uh, a weapon of war is stupid and childish, but really... It saves you money on buying targets. Or it keeps you from killing people who don't share your worldview. So there's, put put how you feel into it. So Boo at the Zoo is where she got. I did want to mention in that podcast toward the end, you spoke of Reginald Vell Johnson from Family Matters and Die Hard and said, may he rest in peace. Okay, well, and then it says Reginald is not dead. Hence, ah, hence the title. Okay, why did I say he was dead? Well, because I, that's why I say fact check the stuff I say. So thank you for doing that. Yes, Reginald, or Pal, from Family Matters and Die Hard. Remember, he's the cop at the bottom. He has a great relationship with Bruce Willis, who's in a spot now himself. Cognitive decline. By the way, cognitive decline is what I had Saturday night at the roast. My, I, I was supposed to have... I'm supposed to have a joke for Luke, a joke for the ho- for uh, Lissandra, um, and then I was supposed to have four good jokes for Tamar, and I did, and the fourth one I forgot, and I felt like I was having cognitive decline, like Bruce Willis, because I really kind of wrote the jokes that day. I mean, the ideas were percolating over the week, but there was a lot that I wanted to get in. And in the moment, doing like in the moment, I was having a good time, fucking with the crowd, fucking with everybody. That uh, I didn't close it exactly the way I wanted to, and I kind of forgot what I wanted to say at the end. Uh, and it felt like you were watching cognitive decline, but really, you were watching someone who's trying to think of all the different things they wanted to say who didn't rehearse those jokes, um, you know, more than twice or something like that. So. Anyway, that's where Bruce Willis and I align. Reginald is not dead. He's 70 years old, says Ellen, and doing progressive insurance commercials as a beloved, stereotypical, generous TV dad. I just wanted to take this moment to honor his life and not his memory yet. Okay, thank you for calling that out. Um, You gave this Gen X, Generation X kid a heart attack, but then I realized when you said that, the year was still 2020. We would have hopefully heard by now if Reginald had died. I wonder why I thought that. Is it 
is it possible that I fucked it up with Uncle Phil? Beloved paternal black characters on TV in the 90s? Possible. Uh, anyway, we would have hopefully heard by now if Reginald had died. So I hope Reginald is still doing his thing. Uh, our cast of characters, she, she goes on here, and then I'll let you go. She goes on to say, our cast, oh my gosh, I'm sorry, Owen, I've taken you past 45 minutes, but now you're certainly listening because I'm reading your email, so, so thank you for sending it. Um, our cast of characters in the GMAT universe is coming together. Besides 15 and myself, we have others such as Dexter, the masked devil. Yeah, the blind... Uh, Listener says he gets too drunk to come to my shows. <laughs> Guy from Chicago hates to be about Limerick's lineup. Yeah, we need a name for him. Do you have any others that regularly email you or write reviews? Yes, I do, and I will loop them in uh, as well. Um, I'm just obviously biased. I should be biased toward including everyone, but I'm obviously biased toward... We remember we had a trans uh, female comic writing in for a while. I don't know if she still listens to the podcast or not, but that was a great perspective. Uh, let's see... She said, I do like the look of the new uh, teal thumbnails. Thanks. It really makes it look like you're about to pop. <laughs> yeah, he's... Brett Michaels is the best. I definitely relate to the comic-esque and superhero stuff. Also, we grew up with McDonald's crew, Ronald and Grimace, so I think the purple and gold shirt looks very nice, too. Thank you very much. What generation do you think 15 belongs to? He's definitely wise beyond his years. Keep up the great work and keep reaching for the stars. Uh, LNC. Hell yes. Well, thank you very much. What? 15 is going to be at least at least 40 years old. Maybe a little bit older. And he's de he's going to be Gen X. You're right. I, I, think, I think 15. But correct me if I'm wrong. Did you identify 15 underscore versus underscore 15 as non-white? Or have I ever advance that idea you seem to be almost uh, uh comprehensive in your knowledge of this podcast which i'm so grateful for but uh did i say that or is that you advancing that idea let me know uh e email the podcast at yesjoesmith at gmail.com come to limerick tonight ellen thank you so much and uh, really appreciate you supporting me the podcast and what's your problem as, uh, as nick said it's the show of the future talk to everyone on friday have a great week